0: You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Hey, give dads a big hand this morning. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm afraid I I missed a few of those. josh was going one time for this um uh you know he just got his bike he had his all helmeted up and the christy had him all bubble wrapped and um he was going for this tree and i didn't quite just get there in time he went smack hit the tree fell down boom and he's laying there running over to him josh you okay and he jumps up yeah I, I, and just goes on <laughs> like nothing ever happened that's just his story of his life but uh so well, good morning and happy Father's Day to you, dads out there, and you men who are dads to others. Uh, happy Father's Day to you. And I know this day has some mixed feelings. Some of our dads have gone uh, on and and passed away, and and we miss them dearly, and we have so many fond memories of them, and and we're uh, we miss them today. But uh, also there has been uh, just because of the world in which we live, and there's been some dads, and I know this really well from. What I experienced in my life, that dad's not being what they should have been. And yet, uh, so sometimes this day brings some mixed emotions. But what is great is that you have and I have a heavenly father that we can celebrate on this Father's Day. And he is awesome. Uh, Way more incredible than what we saw in the video. (laughs) For God is, as the Bible says, God is knowable. Uh, Jeremiah nine, twenty-four, uh, 23 and 24 say that uh, if we boast in anything, we should boast that we can behold God, grasp him a little bit and know him because he is knowable. He's not some distant deity out there. He's truly knowable. And not only that, he's near to us. Psalm 145 verse 18 says that, that, that as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And we are beholding who He is. We are understanding and seeing who He is as we draw near. Not only that, God is our help, as Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2 says, our help to behold as we walk through the ups and downs of life. He's there for us. And God is limitless. Psalm 145, verse 5 says, There are no rules but His own that define Him. He cannot be boxed in, held back, chained down, or made less. Beholding him is an inexhaustible endeavor, and yet beholding God is a profoundly life-changing adventure, for what we behold shapes us. I uh, received this mug from my son Josh uh, uh, before he got married, and it said on here, it's 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 written in chalk, it's a chalk thing on a mug here, and it says, pop. I'm like you in almost too many ways. <laughs> and um, it's kind of faded because it's a little bit, but I took a picture of it, so I always have it. It's, uh, you know, Josh and growing up, it, it, we spent a lot of time together, did a lot of fun things together and had some moments, you know, like the biking thing that where he smashed into a tree. But, but uh, Josh had the opportunity to also watch me. Um, Watch me encounter some difficult situations. Watch me walk through life. watch me as a as a pastor as a as a leader and uh and what's interesting is that if you look at josh he we kind of look a little bit alike he's way more handsomer than me and uh that's a, he got his mother's looks and yeah, beautiful and handsome in that regard and if you look at his his son we kind of have there's a little bit of a trend going there and uh uh but uh, um he has beheld me, and he is a little like me. Uh, he, he swore he would be different, but what's interesting is that um, Josh's sport in high school was water polo. Guess what sport mine was in high school? My water polo. Josh said that he didn't feel like God was calling him into, into the ministry, and now Josh is a youth pastor at, at Bridges Church over in um, uh, Long Beach area, and I started out in ministry as a youth pastor. Josh beheld me, he took in me, understood me, and it had shaped him. See, he's observed me, seen me, followed me, and that beholding has changed him. And it's the same way, but on a greater scale with us as we behold God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this, We all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of God, are being transformed into The same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, to behold is to see, to observe, to notice. Uh, Like today, when you uh, looked in the mirror before you came here, or, well, at least most of you looked in the mirror, obviously. Some of you did not, which we can see. Uh, but when you, just kidding, when you looked in the mirror today, uh, you looked at an image, you beheld that image, and you realize, oh, wow, who is that old person looking back at me? At least that's what I do. I'm going, now, why is my grandfather staring at me? <laughs> you know, I am the old man. So, um, but we behold our image, and, and, and now we know we need to fix our hair or do something with the whatever, and we, we work it out. In the same way, as we behold God's glory, as we notice, as we observe, as we see, we are transformed. John Piper, an amazing, insightful theologian and author and pastor said this, we become what we behold, what absorbs our interest, what we give our attention to most shapes our thinking and trains our affections. We must resist the seductive lie that someday in the future we will give up our workaholic habits or our sinful addiction or our trivial, time-consuming pursuits pursuits, and enjoy God in His creation and His purposes like we should. This is the transformation that God intends for us, to grow, not decline, in our ability to enjoy glory. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the radiance of, of the glory of God. And in doing so he will reveal increasing decrees of glory to us. Which will then shape our thinking and train our affections. You see when we behold Jesus. When we observe him. When we notice him. Him, When we take him in. The radiance of God's glory. We are changed. For what we behold we become. So this summer. As Garrick was saying, we're moving into a new series, new teaching series called Behold. It's on your worship folder there. It says, grasping for the intangible God. That we're seeking to, to, the best as we can, to, to understand God more. To learn how we are, how, who He is and what He is like. And, and I believe we will be shaped, formed, and fashioned to be a bit more how God designed us to be. To be like him. To be like Jesus in character. And each Sunday this summer we're going to be doing that. Going through the biblical names and, and titles of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Seeking to behold the incomparable God. And so fitting that we start here. Uh, our series on this Sunday. On this Father's Day. Speaking of God our Father. Not a, not a distant dad. But as our approachable father. And in Psalm 103. Psalm 103 psalm penned by King David, we find three moving truths to grasp our approachable God. So if you have your Bible with you, open up to Psalm 103. It's about in the middle of your Bible. It's right there. That's the book of Psalms. If you don't have a Bible, our wonderful ushers are walking down the aisle. They have a stack of Bibles. Just wave at them, and they'd be happy to give you a loaner. When you're done, just leave it on the chair, and somebody will pick it up. But I always encourage you to bring your Bible. And then I want you to take out your... your, um, out of your worship folder. There's a number of things inside there. One is a... uh, connection card, Jonathan will tell you a little about what to do with this, but if you want to start already, write a uh, name on there, and then prayer request, you can write on my back, there's other announcements inside your worship folder, but I do want you to take out the outline that's inside there, there's some blanks to fill in, the answers will be up on the screen as we go forward through this, and, and I know I've already given you a bunch of other verses, and I do have those on a printed form, if you head out these double doors after the end of the service, and turn about to your left, there's a desk there that says community life groups. On that desk, there's a stack of of our study guides. And the reason we do that each Sunday and why I give out a lot of extra verses is because I really want you to study God's word on your own. Take something that you've gained from Sunday, maybe one verse, two verses, and, 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 and go look them up and read through and think through. I've also given some questions there. Many of our life groups use that as their life group curriculum. And we have life groups that that meet all the time. A lot of them are taking a break for the summer. The one that I help lead is, it, we're going to go all the way through to June, then we're going to take probably July and a little bit of August off, and then start back up again. But I encourage you to get involved in a life group. That's a really great place to, to learn and grow in God's word. But those questions will help, so pick up one of those study guides as we go forward. But let's, uh, let's pause for a moment of prayer before we step into this. Set your books aside, and if you wouldn't mind standing up, let's ask God to, to challenge us this morning from his word. Father, thank you. Thank you that regardless of... What our experience is with our earthly father, where we can look to you as the best dad ever. Um, you are incredible and amazing. And Lord, this morning we want to behold you, our father, in a unique way. So, Holy Spirit, open us up to what you would want us to learn this morning. Challenge us, and Lord, help us to know you more. And if we're not quite sure about our faith, Lord, maybe step a little bit closer to you in this time we spend together. Bless us, Father, we pray in your Son's name. Amen. Have a seat and encourage you to jot down some notes as we go along. You always learn more when you write some stuff down. But three truths to grasping our approachable God. The first truth is, uh, is, uh, um, that moves us, uh, the moving truth uh, about God our Father is God is our approachable Father. He is for us. He really is. <laughs> He's not against us or neutral to us. He is for us in a huge way. Now, there are a lot of images and notions of who God is that are just are not true. Uh, they may be true of some, maybe some earthly fathers, but, but they're just not true of God. Some see God as a, as a harsh father, all into squelching play for discipline's sake. God's not like that. Some see God as a joyless taskmaster master, bent on serious productivity. God's not like that either. Some see God as an absentee landlord, uncaring of our living conditions, and that's not true either. God cares immensely. Some see God as a power-hungry dictator pushing people down to elevate himself, and that's not true either. And though there may be some examples of fathers that may fit these categories, God is not like that. He is far from that. God is a God of love who, yes, disciplines us, but yet out of love. Write down somewhere it isn 't a study guide, too, but write this down Hebrews chapter twelve verses six to eleven it says simply God disciplines whom he loves, and that you know it's like it 's like my grandson Moses. we were out washing the car yesterday now he he wasn 't quite you know he 's just barely able to walk but he had his brush out dipping it in the, in the thing and you know brushing off the car. He was doing great. I got pictures of it, and it 's fun, but uh, we were out there washing a the car and uh, our mailman came across the street. His name is Lawrence. And we we're developing a friendship together. And, and, and so Lawrence goes, hi, Pastor Mike. And, 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 and he, he knows Moses because Moses comes over to my house sometimes. And, and he says, hi, Moses. And Moses starts to run out into the street to see him. So I'm running down there. No! And I pull him back and say, Moses, you can't run into the, into the street. And I'm disciplining him a little bit, you know, just talking to him sternly. And, and, and he wasn't too happy with me pulling him out from the fun of going and seeing Lawrence. But you know why I did that. It's not like I'm a cruel dad trying to stop him from meeting somebody. What good grandfather or father would let their kid run out in the middle of a street, right? So it's out of love that I discipline him. And the same with you, with your kids. And how God does to us. He disciplines whom he loves. If he didn't care, just let him go. Woo, whatever happens. No, God cares. He is a loving father. So yes, discipline is part of his love. God is a, is a God of joy who, yes, has tasks for us to do, but for His glory and our good. You know, some of the tasks that, that we are to do are, are difficult tasks. They're hard tasks, uh, but yet they yield something from that, and it's good for us. You know, I mean, I know that we don't... How many of you really enjoy school? School is the greatest thing you've ever done in your whole life. Yeah, a few of you. Well, you're, you, we need some counseling. Ron, i will see you later. <sighs> School's hard. I mean, I, r- right now I've entered back into school in my doctoral program, and oh my goodness, I had to read something like 4,000 pages in just a few months to be able to get ready for this class. And I had to type all these papers and take all these notes, and it's difficult. But honestly, it is stretching my thinking and, and causing me to, uh, uh, to grow in that. And some of the tasks God asks to, us to do are just as extensive. It's not easy to organize your day to also serve Him. It's not easy to come outside of yourself and to share the love with other people. It's not easy when we're so busy, when we see somebody that's hurting, to stop and help them. Yet God asks us to do those things. There are tasks He wants us to be involved in. Not to kill our joy, but so that we grow and are constantly growing and yet also bringing Him glory. God is also not aloof or detached. Psalm 46 verse 1 says he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. God never leaves us or forsakes us. He's always there if we turn to him. And God is not proud, but he's humble. Hopefully you've, you can write down Philippians chapter 2 verses 4 to 11. It, it talks of, of Jesus, the, the radiance of God's glory. It talks of Jesus, how humble he was and is taking the form of a servant, squeezing himself into the tininess of a man, taking the form of a servant, and even be willing to, to walk to the cross for us. See, God is not like what we think. The word of God reveals him as this awesome, amazing, incredible, uh, approachable father who is for us. Uh, now listen to how David goes and describes him. Hopefully you're in Psalm 103. And he writes this, and, and we're going to look at the first five verses and then walk through the rest of it as well. But in the first five verses, he talks about how he is for us. And David takes the first two verses and kind of goes inward and says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget, not, let's not forget any of his benefits. David then goes into a list. He has this inner recollection of who God is. And that is a good thing for us to do. To list off what we adore about God. What do you adore about God? Uh, think of something in your mind. Maybe even write it down on your note page. Maybe you you adore about God his love. You adore about God uh, the way he's blessed you with a wonderful family. You adore about God, of, of his character, of how he, gracious he is and forgiving he is. And... and uh, uh, How much he blesses us with far beyond what we could ever ask or think about. It's good to have that list. Matter of fact, I want to encourage you, whenever you go to God in prayer, recount a few of those things. Before you start praying and asking for things, pray something like, God, thank you. I just want to sit there and adore how wonderful and amazing you are. Oh, thank you for showing me and revealing to me the, the great things of your truth, uh, uh, the truth of your love, and, and all of that. Just, just ask God and, and praise back a, pray back a praise to him in that. And then David does that in this psalm. He, he, he goes inner, introspective a little bit, and he begins to make this list. And then the next uh, verses, verse 3 to 5, he lists six different things. Let's look at each one of them. Bless look at all my soul, verse 2, and forget none of his, not all of his benefits. Verse 3, who forgives all our iniquity. That word forgives is the word pardons. It's, it's, it's pardoned as one who has authority to do the pardoning. See, the problem is, we have a problem. And, and it's not our fault that we have this problem. We were just born with it. We can't blame our parents. We can blame our parents, parents, and our parents, 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 all the way back to Adam and Eve. We can blame them. Because when they ate of that fruit uh, And that they separated themselves from, from God And that problem then through, went through all of mankind And that problem we know is the problem of sin All of sin and fallen short of the glory of God Not a single one of us is perfect I know the person sitting next to you Probably thinks they are But they're not matter of fact turn to them and say You're not perfect some of you said that with too much joy <laughs> we all have issues we all have problems and and because of that sin issue in our own life we act out on that woo we just kind of naturally woo naturally go towards sin sweet little adeline just this bundle of just pure joy is a sinful little person just wait when she says no <laughs> and starts doing things that are not right, it's just natural. You don't have to teach a kid to disobey. Did you know that? They just kind of, it's kind of in their jeans. I mean, they don't wear jeans. It's in their diaper. It's in something. It's just, what comes out of the diaper is definitely sin. <laughs> Moses, man, I, I was watching him yesterday Twice. Twice that little pooper. When I was there, usually I want to hand him off before that time. But I got the gloves and the mask and the snorkel. I went in. <laughs> you know, Christy, I don't know how she did it. She used to, when she would wipe the kids, she could like go with like a quarter of a wipe, you know, and all clean. I gotta like, <laughs> wad it all around. Okay, I got this thing going. Put them under the hose, you know. It's a. Uh, But that sinful issue in our life, that sin separates us from God. It it blocks us out from enjoying and beholding God. See, we can't behold God when we're held back. We're locked out, shut out, kept away from our wonderful, awesome Heavenly Father. And sin has put itself in there. And what's sad about this reality is there's nothing we can do to open that door. We can't try to pry it open by our good works. We can't try to force it open in some way by doing the right things. There's no human way possible for us to deal with that. And what even makes it worse, if we don't get inside that door, our sin nature will constantly move us downward and head towards the ultimate end, which is hell. That's the reality if we don't get inside. That's the reality if we don't get our sin taken away. So what do we do? Well, God provided for us a pardon through Jesus Christ. He's the one who paid the penalty for us when he died on the cross. He came to fix the issue, his death, his resurrection. Give him the authority. And the door is swung wide open if we choose through belief to walk through it. And many of you have made that choice of belief. You've walked through it and you understand God's pardon. Isn't that great? Say amen. 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 It's a wonderful thing that God has given us forgiveness. Well, David goes on. That's only one. There's more. He goes on and says, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. God is the one who provides what is needed to bring us to health in this sin-sick world through meds and miracles. Yes, as a result of sin that's pulled us back, he's given a solution. But yet also, medically, God a lot of times heals. Now, he doesn't heal every disease. There's sometimes that cancer does take us. There's sometimes that other sicknesses do take us. There's sometimes that accidents happen and tragedies go about. And that's where the mystery of faith takes over and we trust in him more than our own feelings. If you ever want a verse to encourage you to, to, to memorize, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path through the difficult things of life. And there are some hard things out there, believe me, and you ask God why, and you feel like, well, God is our healer, why doesn't he heal me at this? Well, he will guide you through when you trust in him. He forgives, he heals. Verse four, who redeems your life from the pit, he restores back what sin has taken away. See, in this sin condition, we were held back and what was rightly ours was taken away from us. Stolen from us. But Jesus brought it back and as Ephesians 1, 7 says, we are redeemed. Redeemed is when you take something that's, that's been in some squalor there and you brush it off, clean it up, and it's beautiful again. Like a good car being restored, he redeems. He forgives, he heals, he redeems. Last part of verse 4, who crowns you with steadfast love. Now, if you have your Bible... Underline steadfast love. We'll get, that to, back that, get back to that later. But he crowns. The, the word means garlands. He adorns us. He surrounds us. He shields us. With his restorative love and mercy. See, it's not that we're just inside the door. But he brings us all the way in. And, and crowns us. And, and he puts a shield of protection around us. We're in that. He See, God is for us. He's not like, okay, here's life. Have fun. You're on your own. (laughs) No, he he garlands us. He crowns us. Redeems and heals and forgives, but he also satisfies. Verse 5, who satisfies you with good. That word means beyond just being filled. It means overflowing so much that you want to bless others with what you've been blessed with. I was... um, walking out my street and just up the ways there's a a family there that we're getting to know and um walking over and we just chit-chatting and, and I, as i walked by i noticed his pickup truck was full of oranges you know bright oranges and it kind of shocked me as i came by this record whoa that's a lot of oranges and he goes oh yeah i have a orange grove out in riverside he goes do you want some and I said, know, my, my, my orange tree was also at that time overflowing. And I said, well, no, just a few of so, those. You know, his daughter came and got me a big old garbage bag. And so I came home and passed them out to our neighbors and passed them out to our kids. And, and we enjoyed oranges because he had such an abundance, he wanted to share it. In the same way we get much from God, we want to just share it with other people. So yes, he forgives and heals and redeems and crowns and satisfies, but he also renews. Last part of verse 5. So that your youth, is renewed Like eagles See we're not just Held to normal But beyond Not just walking But renewed to a strength Where we soar Like eagles Write down um, Isaiah chapter 40 Verse 31 See God does all that for us He is for us Be moved by that And, and nestle into his arms I um Some of you got my weekly email and uh, where Moses, uh, where my grandsons would, you know, he now is an up, up, you know, and I just want to pick him up. And just the other day he was leaving my house and um, he, he, uh, he asked for up. And so I, and I was saying goodbye to him and I, I, I hugged him and, and it's those little moments that I just get captured. And, and um, he just reached around me and said, hug, hug, Papa. And oh my gosh, you know, my, my heart just melted because I just he was just nestling into my arms. And that's that same thing that we should be doing with God. Is to understand that he loves us so much. That we just nestle into his arms and feel the strength of his, his loving arms around us. That he's got this. That he's walking through life with us. And as Isaiah 40, 31 says, it says, Those who wait upon the Lord, those who trust in the Lord... Will have their strength renewed They will mount up with wings like eagles And they'll soar Because when you have that base of your life And you sense his loving arms around you Man there's nothing You can just feel such confidence in life And believe me So much of life tears us down And yet we know that a God is there Who loves us completely Just like a gushing grandfather Loves his grandchildren Or a gushing father loves his kids God loves you that way. And he's for you. Don't ever lose sight of that. The Bible tells us that every time that God loves us and cares about us and wants us to enjoy his embrace. The question is, will you? Why would you want, why would you not want to make that move of nestling into his arms? Here's another moving truth to grasp. God is our approachable father. He is committed to us. Let's move on in Psalm 103. In verses 6 to 19, there's three components of God's commitment. The first one is his loyal love. There's a Hebrew word for that. That's the word chesed. That's the word I had you underline. It's the word steadfast love. Listen to how he explains that. The Lord works. Yahweh is when it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the word Yahweh. That's the all everything God who is the God of everything, who is who he is. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. That's not my grandson Moses but he has done that too, but that's Moses in the Bible, Moses. <laughs> when, when God's people were held captive in Egypt, God brought them up out of that, using Moses to guide them, and, and God gave them, as they, as they wandered in the desert, this pillar of cloud at, at, at day and the pillar of fire at night, to, and, but he also handed them his word, the commandments, saying these are these guidelines to go by and to live by so that it will be well with you. He made known his ways to Moses and his actions the people of Israel, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in chesed, in steadfast love. Chesed is, a, is a, a loyal love. His commitment is inherent in his loyal, committed, abundant love. It's a love because he chose to love. Not because of anything we have done. It's not like we acted really good and God goes, okay, I love you. God just simply chose, I'm going to love. And my love has a commitment that is stellar and will not be broken. It is that love that lasts forever. It's a committed kind of love. And in that love, there's wisdom. Psalm 107, verse 43, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let him consider the steadfast love of the Lord, because there's wisdom in that. As we behold his said love, we grow in wisdom also, there's life, abundant life in that said in that love. Psalm 119, verse 159. Consider how I love your precepts, that's your, your laws, your t- things to do, your things to obey. Give me life according to your steadfast love. Because in that, as we behold a steadfast love of God, there is an abundant life that we are transformed into. That's why we need to grasp it That's why we need to behold it And there's also protection in this love as well Psalm 59, 17, O Oh my strength I will praise I will sing praise to you For you, O oh God Are my fortress That chesed is that fortress of God There is protection in there The God who shows me steadfast love That's why we want to behold that His commitment Part of his commitment is that Chesed, that, that loyal love of His. Not only that, as verse 9 through 12 say this, that God's commitment to us is not based on our doings. Because we're flaky. We're flaky human beings. I mean, really, we are. <laughs> he will not always chide, or, nor will He keep His anger forever. Verse 9 says, verse 10, He does not deal with us according to our sin, or repay us according to our iniquity. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love He has said towards us who fear Him, who have that reverent respect of Him, who've re- revered Him enough to walk through that door of faith. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. Our connection to God is not dependent upon our flaky, sinful actions. God is committed to us regardless of us. And as well, we don't experience, when we've walked through that door of faith, that, that, that reverence of him, we don't experience his prosecution, his judgment, if we revere him. Turning to embrace his steadfast love. Romans 8.1, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who've come to that place of believing, beholding the radiance of God's glory. Verses 13 to 19. Uh, This integral part of his enormity as Yahweh, the the one and only God, is his compassion as the eternal father who is king. Listen, verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows his compassion to those who fear him, those who revere him. For he knows our frame. (laughs) He remembers that we're dust. As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like the, a flower in the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place is known no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is everlasting, to everlasting on those who fear him, on those who revere him and his righteousness to the to his, to children's children, to those who keep his commandments and remember to do his commandments. Keep his covenant. Remember, do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. He is king. We are like frail plants subject to the environment, and yet his eternal reign means his commitment will not end. Psalm 103, 19, again, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, his kingdom rules over all. God's commitment towards us is sure. Based on his character. Paid for by the death of Jesus. Validated by Jesus' resurrection. And sealed by the Holy Spirit. See, when you come to faith. When you enter into that door of faith. God gives you his spirit to come live with you. As a seal of that transaction that took in place. That he took care of your sin. Why would you not want to embrace approachable God, run to Him. <laughs> um, little uh, I have three grandchildren: uh, Moses, Nels, and Knox. And um, Moses is is he's starting to walk and do just fine and running in his little you know way. And uh, now Nels is beginning to do uh, the run walk thing, uh, and he's trying to run, but he keeps falling down and figuring crawling is a little faster, so he'll. He'll run for a bit, then he just drops down on on all fours and crawls. And and he's beginning in that fun age where he recognizes me and goes, Ooh, I kind of like that old guy. (laughs) He's kind of fun to be with. And so he was over the other day, and I got down there and said, Hey, Nels, how are you? And I held up my hands like this, and he just starts running towards me, and then he drops on all fours, and he goes, and he throws up his hands, and he comes, and, and he runs, and we embrace, because he knows there's something I like about this old guy. Probably because I give him cookies, and we laugh, and we have a great time together. But we, uh, he comes to me because he's experienced my loving kindness. God is that way with us. He wants us to run to him. Why not enjoy and be so moved by God's commitment that you lean into God and run to him through living life his way? The question is, will you? One more moving truth. As we behold God's, God our Father... As God is approachable, he is worthy of our praise. Let's look at the last three verses here. It says, Blessed be Yahweh, Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God is so amazing, so awesome. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. I love how we studied Nehemiah a number of months ago, but Nehemiah succinctly says this in verse 6 of chapter 9. He says, You are the Lord, you are Yahweh, you are the one and only God. You alone. You made, you have made the heavens and the heavens of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that's in it, the seas and all that's in them. And you preserve all of them. And the host of heaven worships you. Some of you are going to be going on vacation uh, this summer. And you're going to stand at the precipice of a beautiful valley or a beautiful meadow or, a, or, or on the top of a mountain or, or view some incredible scene and in the power of the ocean. And you're going to sit there and go, wow! Look at how beautiful and awesome and wonderful and amazing this scene is. And hopefully you'll turn your thoughts towards God and look at what God has made. The beauty of this place is incredible. That creation cries out day after day of worship of God. He, in his uh, amazing creativeness, taking out of nothing, making something, formed all of the stars in his hand, threw them into the sky... And he knows each and every one of them by name. Well, that's that's Harry over there. <laughs> that's Mark and John, Mary and Elizabeth, Sasha. God knows them all, made them individually and uniquely. And they all scream out, as Psalm says, they cry out without words to the glory of God. You. You are a reflection of the image of God. He hand fashioned you inside your mom, every cell, every feature, every part of you. And He said in Psalm 139, You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God didn't make a mistake. When God looks at you, He goes, "Mm, Here's my masterpiece. You scream out the glory of God So why not with your words Lift up and praise Him And give Him the honor and the glory That is due His name He is worthy of our praise And in these three verses David gives three declarations That we should include in worship The first one in, in, in verse 20 says Those who obey the voice of His word See, obedience is part of worship. What we do matters. And when we obey God, when we follow His word, even though it's difficult, it screams out a praise to God. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 says, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Well, I'm giving up this for you, God. Yeah, but it's way better for you to obey His word. And Jesus even said in John 14, 16, if you love me... You will obey. Obedience is part of worship. The, the next is down in verse twenty-one, where it says, "We're to follow God's purposes, His will." Micah six eight put it into a song, but it says, "He has shown us what is good and what the Lord requires of us." He has shown us in His Word to love mercy, to love Him. And to follow after his ways As verse 22 says here One way we worship is not only to obey And not only to follow his purposes But to acknowledge his reign His dominion I love how 1 Timothy chapter 1 Verse 17 says it right here Right there, verse 17 It says that we are to, to It says this to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So let's worship him in song. God is not just anybody. He is our good, good father. Why don't you stand and let's let's worship him. Would you? God is stay standing. God is the best God ever, isn't He? You dads here are great too. Happy Father's Day to you. Some new, some uh, old, some with lots of kids, some with grandkids, some mentors of others. But for all dads and moms and really all of us, we are to behold our heavenly Father, our good, good Father. His glory transform us. Behold. God our Father, God is approachable, so we are to understand that He is for us and to nestle into His arms of love. That God is approachable, Father. He, he commits. He's committed to us, so we're to run to Him. God is our approachable Father. He is worthy of praise. We should live a life of obedience, following after His Word, and yet also recognizing Him as King. What we behold shapes us. Why not be shaped by the best dad ever? Father, thank you for just the reality of who you are. Thank you that you are a good, good father that we can enjoy and spend time with. And Lord, now as we move into a time of just reflection, do work on us. Help us to acknowledge you bless us in this time we pray in your son's name we're going to move into a time of reflection to stay standing uh, as a song is being sung and played it gives you an opportunity to talk to God uh, and, and we also have some of our uh, prayer team members and our pastors and our elders and they're making their way to the, be stationed around the front here and, and in the sides if you want to In some prayer, and and you want someone to stand with you in prayer, you're more than welcome to come to one of us that are standing around here. Some are in the aisleways, some are in the sides and up front. We'd love to pray for you about what's ever on your heart and mind. But do talk to your Father. He loves the sound of your thoughts. So why not talk to Him? Maybe list off a few of your own. Maybe if you haven't yet made that decision to step into faith, go ahead. Just simply realize I'm a sinner. I know Jesus came to pay the penalty for my sin, and I want to walk into that faith. So God, help me. I acknowledge that, and I I ask that you would just become part of my life. Boy, if you make that decision this morning and you want some somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you about that. Come find me out either afterwards or during this time. And any of us really you can come to any of us, but uh, please do talk to somebody and get some help with that your new faith. But let's take this time and pray. And if you feel so led as this song is being sung and played again and you want someone to pray with you about yourself or someone else come to one of us we'd love to have the opportunity to so pray let's do it let's do it